Right, wait, wait, three. Wait, wait, wait. Everyone's coughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, three. <laughs> three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Elite Rugby Banter, the alternative rugby commentary. Yes, we're talking about rugby. I'm joined by uh, Matt, as usual. Matt, how are you? Not too bad, thanks. How are you doing, Alex? Uh, I mean, Adam? Yeah, well, well giving the ghost away. <laughs> jump, uh, yeah, Alex, Alex, the gun, yeah, the Alex gun. is here too. How are you, Alex? I'm doing very well, thanks, guys. Thank you again for having me on. Always, always. I think I think uh, we'll, it'll be it'll be a regular feature. Uh, your continued involvement. There are a couple of so, yeah. yeah, definitely. As long as I don't embarrass myself. No, we've Matt and I, we, We've been embarrassing ourselves for a few <laughs> weeks now. It doesn't hurt. I I, I can I can tell you that. So um, a bit of a low Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this week we we're going to talk about the shambolic performance against Wales. And then pretty much anything else that uh, takes our brand. It's been a long year. We're tired, uh, especially of Tootsie's hot air. So, yeah, we'll just we'll just talk about whatever fans here. So maybe we could just bring up some points uh, about the end of your tour, highlights, lowlights. Uh, next week, I think we're probably going to do a more end of year wrap, just looking at everything from across the year. But maybe we can talk about the end of your tour as a uh, full-on thing uh, after we talk about the Wales game. So uh, let's... I guess let's talk about that performance in Cardiff. Uh, guys, let's say, okay, what was the highlights and lowlights for either of you from that game? Alex, you want to go first? Uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to think of a highlight. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, let me go for it. Uh, look, I think the lowlight, it's it's so tough to pick a single one um, yeah. because that, that first half was an absolute horror show. Um it's some of the worst rugby I've seen all year. It was, it was, and I mean that is some pretty stiff competition that they're up against with that All Black loss, the the Irish loss, um, but still that first half, those first three tries that were just scored in such quick succession, it was so embarrassing. Um, and yet, my low light from the game does not come from the first half. My low light for the game is deep in the second half, um, in what is it around the 75th minute or whenever it was, when uh, Alton came on the field. Mm. and uh, single-handedly, it, to my mind, threw the game away. I know we weren't in the lead, but we were in such a good position, and we had so much momentum in that half. Um, there was a point in the second half when I was thinking, you know, you get that feeling where you just have so much momentum, mm. and you know that you're in the other guy's head, and even though he's in the lead, you could tell that he's got the sinking feeling that he can't actually win the game, and I yeah. thought we were in that position. And Elton just cut straight through it with two massive rookie schoolboy mistakes uh it was absolutely shocking uh the two of the biggest mistakes i've seen and the most costly mistakes i've seen at that level so that is my low light um and the highlight yeah yeah that's it Mm. orculine try i'm so happy about that and yeah that's it and matt I don't know if it's so much a low light, but in my mind, I've I've been working on a bit of a conspiracy theory that going on, especially those first three, those Welsh three tries. I, in my mind, I think the box let them through on purpose because they knew if they were three tries behind, no matter how rousing and inspiring Tutti's halftime speech was, they wouldn't be able to catch up. They just were making sure that they were going to lose that and fuck up the tour and therefore hopefully can Tutti. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a nice so, that, that, that sounds like a highlight 
counting tootsie, you know, mm. from yeah. it's a bit of a tricky one. But but, but anything else on the field that, that stuck out for you? I'll, for me, that the the scrap with okay, there's another forward talking again. The scrap with the props. Yeah. I mean, we had yeah, Trevor yeah. Nyakane as our loose head cover, which I mean, we've been trying our best to make him a loose head, mm. and. Riondre back up, back on the squad for tighthead, and then lo and behold, who's who replaces our tighthead prop after 60 <laughs> minutes or whatever was Trevor, oh. and Ruans was probably sitting there, think sitting with his hands hands under his ass, thinking, what's he gonna do? But even when that happened, I thought, wait, that's a bit strange. Riondre is our specialist tighthead cover. Meanwhile, Trevor Nkani, who had a decent, he was decent when he came on. In fairness to him. Uh, as you said, it completely undermines the fact that Riondre is on the bench. Mars Wolves just picked. Someone as a fake prop, you know, and uh, another back, something like that, and just chucked him on the field. Uh, and again, Alex, I mean, I agree with both of you in terms of their lives. Alton coming on, why was he taken off? Poor coaching decision, same as bringing on Trevor. Poor coaching decision in terms of the context of the squad, why do that? And overall, my low lights, I actually tried to be quite professional, tried, trying to make some notes, but then by, by half time, I drank a bit of beer and uh, I just started uh, getting a bit bleak. So, I'd probably just say when he took um, Pollard off. Pollard had grown into the game, started off a bit shakily, but he had grown into the game. He was in mm-hmm. command. We were pushing, um, as you said, Alex, for that try. It was coming, and then he took he took uh, Pollard off. Yeah. And I don't know. Pollard off, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. He, well, he, took, he took, off, uh, took off both the halfbacks. I mean, we had Schroeder mm-hmm. and Alton on from yeah, the like, 70th minute onwards. Well, and Schroeder. suddenly that whole bat. Yeah. Platform just fell apart. Shorter, in fairness to him, he did all right, but uh... yeah, yeah, no, he, he was he was fine. I mean, it's not it's not about in his case, it's not mm. about um, mm. his performance. Um, no, sure like I mean... he, he didn't do anything wrong. No, uh, but it's just the, the change. It's such a crucial point. Uh, it just shows like a, a complete lack of of awareness of what's happening on the field. No, I know Craig Rowe. He tweeted that um, Shorter's pass was like a Ferrari versus. Crinier's very slow sedan. I, I can't remember what metaphor he used. Same as Red. Yeah, yeah. Same as uh, Rudy Page, if he had started uh, as well. But let, yeah. I'm just looking at my min notes here that I made. First minute, Crinier misses high ball. That was a very uh, auspicious mm-hmm. start to the game. He missed the high ball. But, I mean, actually, an overall low light of the game is Andres Kutsia. Definitely one of the poorest performances I've ever seen. And this hurts. This hurts. Hurts me to say this. As a Lions fan, he's been very good for the Lions. He knows how to find a gap yeah. for the Lions. But um, I think the most damning diaper was hearing Nick Mallett, who he isn't really wanting to pick on players too much, more the coaches. He said that try, as you mentioned, Khalan's try with Dylan Lades being fantastic, breaking breaking the line and finding Jesse Creel on the wing. Hello, he looks amazing in the wing. I know, Matt, you've been talking about that. Put him on the outside. Um, if the ball had gone to Kutsia, he would have found contact. It wouldn't have scored the try. One of the worst performances I've ever seen. Uh, charge down kick for a try. Miss some high balls whenever he's trying to catch the ball. Looks uncomfortable. A real disgrace. Hopefully we don't see him in a Springbok jersey for a long time. I think this tour and just working on a Kutsia has damaged him. It's, that was the most... It, it's deeply upsetting. I wonder I wonder if we'll see a couple of those guys back, to be honest, under a different coach. Um, you know... If, if if we had if we had more options in a position like fly half, which is somewhere we were quite thin on the ground at the moment, I would have said after those two mistakes of Alton's, he would never see a Springbok jersey again. Hmm. Um, they were so costly in such a crucial time. Um, I don't know, but with I mean the, we not exactly spoiled for choice, so I'm, I'm, I guess we'll see him back at some stage. I was just going to say Alton's has probably just confirmed himself to be 
third in the line for fly-off at the moment. I mean, who, I actually forgot Kerwin Bosch was on tour yeah. until they showed a shot of him just before <laughs> the game started in his in his blazer. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit, yeah. He spent the last four weeks in Europe carrying tackle bags. I, yeah, I didn't forget about him, but I, you know, I don't have a huge problem with that because it is actually something that um, a lot of the teams do when they go on tour. They take one guy as like an apprentice, and um, he's really just there to soak in the atmosphere and learn from the guys. And you know, it's character building stuff to carry the tackle bags and to be there, you know, celebrating or, or uh, commiserating with the guys after the result. And he's he is young enough that he can still benefit from that without actually getting the game time. So I don't I don't really have a problem with that. And also, look, I mean. I don't want to put too much of the blame in this case if we're still talking about Alton on um, on Kutsir. I think the decision to bring him on to replace Pollard was a was a mistake uh, because of the stride that Pollard was getting into. We saw him get his try uh, in the second half of the second uh, of the second half. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's easy in hindsight to say, "Oh, bringing on Alton was a mistake. It cost us the game because he made two mistakes." But Alton's an experienced player. He's got a lot of test caps under his under his belt. He's got a lot of first class caps under his belt. Alistair Kutsia should be able to trust him to bring him on in the, in the end of a game like that. He ought to be able to do the job. Mm, point. And so I don't think it was that big of a mistake to bring him on. Obviously, in, in hindsight, we know it. But the blame is on Alton Yaki. He simply isn't good enough. Or he wasn't good enough in that moment. And it, there's been enough times where we can say, oh, we know Alton's a good player, and yet he doesn't perform on the day. That is now no longer the exception to the rule. It's actually becoming very normal for him to have poor performances in high-pressure games. True, um, and I, I know you guys. Yeah. You're talking about Matt Steph and Flyhoff. Uh, there's one guy I've actually mentioned. I know I mentioned this on the group on the Facebook group, saying that some of the players not involved on this tour and, and a lot with this season, even last season under Kutsia, they've actually come out their reputations enhanced. When have you heard of that? When players not playing for the Springboks have come out looking better players, not playing for the Springboks. You get yeah. like Kerwin like Bosch actually, uh, Robert Dupre. Watch out, he might be around next year. Damien Willemser, he might mm-hmm. be around next year. Ruan Janssen van Rensburg under a different coach. Luzuko Arm, who I thought it was disgraceful that he only got five minutes. He should have played against Italy, first of all. And uh, there are a couple of other players. I won't uh, uh, yarn on about it, but it's just been a absolute downer fest watching the Springboks. I just get down. I just get upset. <laughs> and, and then Tutti, yeah. uh, I, I mean, he says he will not resign. He refuses to resign. <laughs> he says, I, and I quote, I'm signed on until 2019. That's what my contract says. The team is really grown. It's a really healthy team environment. They are hurting at the moment. They feel that they let themselves down. The country down. You can only feel like that if you have a good team environment. Matt, this sounds like cut and paste. I know a few weeks ago you said yeah, cut and paste, no. cut and paste. Did you actually see that post-match interview with the Welsh reporter? I, I, mm. what, what I, no, I, I didn't see it. I just read some of the comments. What, what I mean, she... Uh, she outright asked him if he was going to get fired after this tour twice. Yeah, and that's where that yeah. answer comes I think, from. I think, I think, uh, I think three times. I think that she asked like one or two questions about the game, and then she was like, "Look, I'm going to be blunt. Are you concerned about your job?" And yeah, that was the first he gave one. Like yeah. a, he gave like a half-hearted answer. I think I'm pretty sure she asked two follow-up questions about job security to him, mm. and yeah, he just she... kept fobbing her off. Um, it was, I mean, it was pretty ruthless by her, but he didn't. He just didn't have an answer for it, really. Yeah, which, which is, all, in all fairness, I don't think he's he was going to ever say, uh, yeah, no, it's cool, I'm going to go, I'm following in Peter de Villiers' footsteps, I'm going to go coach UWC after this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'd take him at this stage. Yeah, no, no, or mm-hmm. Fortes must probably got a bit of a rugby. Well, look, Rhodes has never had a coach, so I mean, Tutti would be a step up at least. 
Well, I mean, there's been much, there's much yeah. fable talk about him getting a 44% uh, winning rate versus the 65 that's apparently in his contract so that Saru don't have to give him a golden handshake. Surely he's done for. Surely come, I think... 12 meeting. months ago, he was not at 65 either, and they ignored it. So. Yeah, supposedly there wasn't yes. uh, an exit clause. There wasn't a performance clause in that contract. Then... And he and he was like he, last year we all excused it because he came in late. He was given uh, a poor backroom staff that weren't experienced. Unfortunately, Mzwandili stick. He was left to hang out, uh, hung out to dry. Uh, uh, by, yeah, by sorry after got, that. Stick got martyred. No, he got absolutely no. He got he got absolutely martyred. So you're thinking fine, but the team against a poor French side um, played well, but they've gone backwards. And I think what's irritating people the most. Not even on the field. It's just that Kutsu does not seem to be able to grasp reality. He seems to be seeing something completely different from everyone else. He's the Donald Trump of South African rugby, except he's not hes not a bad guy. I mean, as I said, I've, I've spoken to him before. Yeah. He's not yeah. a bad guy, but I just feel like the pressure, the cauldron, its the Bok job has done something to his, to his mind. He's just not perceiving reality. So do you think I, I, he's going to get sacked? Probably. Uh, surely that's that's the end game here. Come, yeah, come, come have... time. Yeah, you'd have to think so. You'd have to think so after everything that's happened. Um, I mean, it's they've set such a precedent before with with you know performance standards of, of a higher level than than his. Um, yeah. I really can't imagine he'd survive it. And there's also been so much talk in the media. I think I mean, we know about Saru, and they kind of capitulate when there's a certain critical mass of of, of public criticism. Mm. Um, and that's what we saw happening at the end of last year, you know, as you guys correctly say, with, with Nsoni to stick being the sort of scapegoat. Um, and I think that there's just far, far, far too much pressure now. And it's, a, it's become an international embarrassment. Um, you know, someone on Twitter was talking about how Wales in their media were kind of cautioning against mm. uh, too, much, too much celebration, saying, you know, oh, well, you know, it was just the box. And, you know, that, if that's an indicator of how far we've fallen... I don't know what is, and it's it's really gotten to a point where, you know, people will tell you better the better the devil you know than the devil you don't. I just don't think that applies in this case. We we need anything to be different. Anything to change is an improvement at this stage. Yeah. Well, I mean, we barely have a devil. I mean, he's got no spine, nothing. It's yeah. a lump, sort of just grey blob in the in the coaching box at this point. <laughs> Well, that's that's uh, you. I mean, you've seen the gif now um, of Kutsu yeah. slamming the desk and going, "Oh no!" It's like this is what happens when you trust Elton. Um, and uh, <laughs> under, under his tutelage, we. <laughs> well, well, the problem is, we, 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 if we, I mean, the, the, him and Elton have a long and storied history. If we oh, look back God. at yeah, I don't speaking of Elton that. and having poor performance. No, well, it's, it's, it's not drag the stormers into this again. It's not. It's not <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, that was a relegation. I'm, 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 I'm just saying, it's not. It's this. I mean, their relationship's not without precedent. Yeah, well, look, I still haven't gotten oh, over the true. fact Yakutata got his leg broken playing for the Stormers, and he was my uh, boy. He was my boy. I was at that Kaya Cup final a couple years before, scoring tries against when Ellis Park was sold out against the Sharks. I'm like, oh, Yakutata, he's the best. Breaks his leg. Never can, never was the same player again. And I, bl- I blame... It, it hurt. I'm, I'm, like, sorry, I'm going down memory yeah. lane there. It's still a wound. But <laughs> talk, just talking about the work of Kutsia, South Africa are now ranked sixth in the uh, world rugby rankings scotland are ahead of us and deservedly so after they pumped australia a couple weeks back ireland ireland a third australia fourth england second new zealand uh far out in front so it's essentially you got 
New Zealand, then England, Ireland, Australia, and Scotland as the best of the rest. And now we're competing with the likes of Wales, Argentina, and France to to be yeah. the champion of the championship. So let's say Tutti gets sacked. Matt, I know there's a lot of rumors going around that Dion Davids, I mean, we've spoken about how he's done a fantastic job at the Kings. There's talk that since Rassi's come back, he's going to be the guy to come in and be the number two, pretty much. And and you've been saying, no, that's not right for the Kings. Eastern Cape Rugby doesn't deserve it. Do you think it's a, a betrayal? A betrayal if Dion Davids gets... gets it's not so much a betrayal, it's just... It's it's one more hic- hiccup in, in the sort of the Kings sort of last three years of hiccups. It's either they don't have a coach or they don't have a new team and all that. And I, like I've been saying the whole time, it'd be nice just to play one season and the next season with a semblance of sort of consistency going from one season to the next. I mean, I'm even arguing that between Super, Super Rugby and then the three weeks before Pro 14 kicked off is season to season. And even then, I mean, it's an entirely new squad. Mm. So it's more along the lines of just give the give the franchise some consistency for at least a year or two. Well, let's say he gets brought in, like Michael Chaker, he coached the Waratahs and the Wallabies at the same time. Maybe that's an yeah. option. That's an option on the table because then Dion Davids is still working with the players, still getting more coaching yeah. experience under his belt. And we've heard through various people that we know that the guy's technically a very, very astute coach. And he's shown that with the Kings. They ended up playing, I'd say, probably the second best side in South Africa and Super Rugby off the Lions. So... I don't know if Alex, if Dion Davis got appointed as Rassi's number two, which is what he will be, how'd that make you feel? You actually make a good point about the the dual sort of responsibilities at national and domestic level. Uh, I'm just trying to think of the Pro 14 will be done long before any Springbok duties come into play. Uh, yeah, so there wouldn't be. be there wouldn't be an overlap there. But mm. I mean, as we've just seen, the Pro 14 continues during the end of year tour. Yes. Uh, yes. So then there there would be a conflict in his schedule, uh, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would play out. Um, look, I mean, I I'm with Matt. I'm with Matt. Um, I'm also sort of uh, a bit of an Eastern Cape boy myself, and um, it does feel a little bit like the union is sort of the, the sort of South Africa's stepchild in terms of rugby. You know, we're they're only there when they're wanted, and. Um, you kind of take with them what you can and other teams always pillaging their players and they're always just kind of getting exploited and as soon as they produce anyone who's good he disappears to another union and now it's the same with the coach you know Dion David suddenly has, has a bit of success and well, he's just ripped out from under your feet and it's a bit disrespectful you know you're not, not really giving them time to, to mature as a union and yet you put all these demands on them to be the face of rugby of transformation in South African rugby and to represent one of the most rugby-rich unions or areas in the country, and they just can't really credibly do that. So um, that is a bit frustrating. And, and from the other side, from the box side, it just feels like for the last you know, three or four coaches, really, we've just been trying to, to dress up a bullet wound, with, bullet wound with a Band-Aid. And there's systemic problems that we're just not addressing. And slapping another coach on top of it, well, what's that really going to achieve? You know, we had Alistair Kutsu, it's easy to say in hindsight, wasn't a particularly good coach. And didn't have the most success at Stormers level, but mm. he was still relatively successful at Super Rugby level um, for whatever reason. And he's been a, an unmitigated disaster. For him, Heineke Mayer, one of the most successful domestic coaches South Africa ever produced. And, you know, he turned out to be a bit of a mess as well. And before him, Peter de Villiers, okay, relative unknown, but he had the under-20 team and then he was a disaster. So, 
there's clearly more at play here. Like, there's a common denominator being South African rugby union and structures in place. And until we address those, whoever you appoint as coach, I don't think is is actually going to get you to where you want to be. So, I think it's a a bad deal for everyone. I think it's a bad deal for Dion Davids. I think it's a bad deal for South African rugby union, and it's an especially bad deal for the EP Kings. There's one. There's that article, a bit of an opinion piece that came out that said. Appointing Dave, David's as well, it's a bit of a double-edged sword in, in Rassi's favor that if David's in the box too well, Rassi gets all the compliments because he's the number one. Yeah. Box too badly, Rassi can disappear from the media and David's is the Zandile stick, stick of the new yeah, stick. Scapegoat him. Yeah. But you know, what I was going to say, should we not maybe look at an international coach, a foreign-based coach mm-hmm. for a change? I mean, should we tried... Should. I mean... Yeah, we've tried so we've tried so hard to keep it at, as a local guy, but I mean that's not really working. I mean no, Wales generally has a New Zealander, as England. I mean England of all people right now has an Aussie. Yeah, mm. and then Ireland has a Kiwi. Uh, I mean it's the top after sheep. It's the top export of New Zealand. It's rugby coaches. Yeah. But who would touch the yeah. who, who would touch the bo- who would touch the box? the barge pole beyond a guy like john mitchell who seems to love an adventure due to all the transformation issues yes. managing the yeah. box it, it, i think you you could only really have a south african unfortunately at this time uh leading up to the world cup i wouldn't if i was a seasoned international coach i wouldn't touch the box of the barge pole if you're a south african it's a little bit different yeah. i think that's all that's part of the problem there's such a paucity of options johan ackerman he's gone overseas uh, there's a whole bunch of south african coaches not just players not just the 300 plus players there's a whole bunch of coaches all going overseas. Yeah. Johan van Kran, the Lions defense uh, expert, I think it's JP Ferreira, he's been talking to Munster. Um, apparently, he'll be going over there. He got left out of the Lions coaching list. So, there's a, it's a paucity yeah. of coaches. But, but I've been seeing reports that since uh, Rassi does come back, or he is coming back, a guy like Dwan Vermeulen, he might come back. And uh, mm-hmm. players no, there's a lot Africa. of talk of players coming back. Yeah, know. so you know what? I think, I think what we could do, we could put a pin in this and just wait and see. Uh, what happens? Oaks are just yeah. desperate and I've got money on. Yeah. I bet you Jake White's already finishing up his CV and sort of ch- just finding out which email box he's got to send oh. it to. Oh, geez. Oh. Jake White Don't even get me started. <laughs> Look, the man, lo- the man loves to apply for the job. He does. He does. And and, and sticking and sticking it to to the administrators. Anyway, just a quick talk. I know that the SA Rugby Player uh, Awards of the Year Awards they're coming around. Uh, Malcolm Marks, he leads nominations with three. He's nominated for the Rugby Player of the Year, Young Player of the Year, and Super Rugby Player of the Year. And his fellow nominees, SRA Player of the Year, are Eben Etzbeth, Sia Kalisi, Yaku Krill, and Jan Serpenti. And it's four forwards and one back. I mean, that tells its own story. Mm. And uh, yeah. four players nominated in two categories, Yaku Krill for SRA as a Super Rugby Player of the Year, Warren Kalant. Young player and Curry Cup Premier Division of the, of the year, as well as Kieran Bosch and Dane Vidimsa, both of whom are nominated in the categories for Young Player and Junior Springboard Player of the Year. Ah, uh, probably would say, yeah, Malcolm Marks, definitely been the Player of the Year. He has fulfilled the, the prophecy of, of Bismarck. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's, for me, there's really only one guy who, um, who actually runs him close in that, and that would be Sia Khaleesi. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Um, at, his, at his best, he was unbelievable. He was up there. In the French series, I know it was obviously a weak team and we were playing at home, but in that series, he was putting in some of the best performances we've seen this whole year on, at, from any team. And, uh, but very inconsistent and moved around in the Lucy's quite a lot. I think he played all three positions at one point or another. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, the, the year took its toll on him, I guess, and he couldn't quite perform as consistently as Marks, who only had one bad game this whole year. 
was the 57-0 uh, defeat to, uh, was it 57-53? Oh, anyway, it was the big defeat against yeah. New Zealand. And, I mean, we know how instrumental he was in that defeat. His line-out throwing was appalling. He was all over the show. It was a shocker. But every single other game since then and before then, he was probably our best our best player, if, if yeah, at least in the top three. Uh, so I think he's definitely well-deserving well of that award. Oh, well, uh, Matt, being the, the forward prop, prop of the year, props of the year, which which of uh, our props do you think have actually had the biggest impact this year, especially amongst the younger guys? I would say when Kutsov played, he managed to do, he managed to put in a good sort of shunt on the field hmm. for when he was playing. And, but it's difficult because, I mean, we've had such a mixed bag of props this year. I, mean, I loathe Kuni generally. I, I don't think it's... What? Kuni's I don't think key. it's a secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, don't, no, like, no, I would have taken myself off the I'm back about. and shot myself if I said that last year. But that was key. How could you, how could you cheer Kuni? Uh, look, and like I was going to say, I was going to eat some humble pie before you jumped in there and said, he's even had a oh, good year and, and won me back over, even though I'm still not his biggest fan. But but yeah. Uh, um, but no, mm-hmm. it's been... Look, I mean, I mean Beast, Beast is, is... He's like a talisman for this team at the moment. I mean, yeah, Beast is just... He, Beast is, yeah. yeah, like I said, old, just that old war horse that you've got to keep in the side yeah. at this point. Just so that you build yeah, some he's stability like around. Yeah, like that 70s, like, like that 70s Land Rover your dad used to own. You know, he just keeps on uh, going. Uh, years like and the years one, like from the Camel Challenge. I remember watching the Camel yeah, Challenge. Exactly. And I was like, uh, but younger, I thought, oh, those are cars. I mean, I don't much about, don't know much about cars, but I just thought <laughs> they're going through like the jungle of Borneo or some shit like that, and I thought that's that's no, a car. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah there's yeah. A, always that there's that fire there. What there's that five types of players you meet you meet at every every rugby club, and Beast is definitely the the non-practicing prop. He's about five to ten years older than the rest of the squad but he's always in there ah and and uh, uh, uh talking a bit more serious he's said to be a low error player he does all he doesn't make mistakes no, no definitely no that's definitely mm, no. I mean, he's, mm. i'm making fun of him but he's definitely a good player still and i still i am not disappointed when he makes the side still sure uh, well look i think um maybe just looking at the whole end of your term i'm not going to really talk about Highlights as such, I'm just, look, uh, I'm quite excited that um, Gelant, Gelant, excuse me, that he gets more of a goes in the box jersey at 15. Please, Rudy Page, I mean, uh, there's guys around the fringes of the squad, Rui please, let's dispatch him, never see him again. The forwards, that's probably been, actually, that's probably been a highlight. The forwards, and I know someone else said on the Facebook group, they have not taken a step backwards against anybody this year. It's mainly the back mm-hmm. division that have let the South Africans down. So I think the forwards, I don't know, having those backs behind you must not instill confidence. So probably the only highlight of the, the end of your tour is the forwards. Otherwise, a lot of other work. So uh, overall, just overall thoughts. So I actually didn't bring that back. I'm going to say it was essentially eight plus one or two backs who played well, including Dylan Lades. I'm a, I'm a now Dylan Lades fan. I'm in the fan club now. Didn't yeah. smock him at the beginning of the year. I thought he was weak. He's not. He's the best. So you're gonna start growing a top knot knot in in solidarity. I, I can't. I don't think I don't know if the wife will, will allow me to wear wear a top knot. All my work will look at me funny. I'm a respectable man. But uh, just you can uh, yeah, hide it under a yamaka. You can hide it under a yamaka while you're growing Lord, it out. It will, it, it will stick out. But overall, okay, let me put it this way. One to top two thoughts about this end of your tour. Let's uh, stick out for you overall, Matt. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Ford's. So the Fords sort of carried us and did us proud, and the mm. only the only reason we can sort of hold our heads up as a international rugby country is the fact that we've still got forwards and 
we can somehow rely on our old strategy that still stems back to the amateur days is that we will bully you and that's less and less true now but we still managed to bully the guy, other guys on occasion where it needed to happen okay uh, and uh, Alex just overall thought about the um, cool. yeah all right I mean you guys you guys will cover the forwards so um, I'll cover the backs I guess the the one positive I think from for me from the backs was um, Andre Pollard who mm. Had three full games, or not full games, but three starts under his belt in the end of year tour. The first one was a mess. He missed all his kicks and he missed touch. The second one was a great game. He got all his kicks and he played really well. Um, and then the third one was a bit of both. He started off really, really shakily. He missed touch with one of his kicks. He missed a kick a goal that could have won the game for us in the end. Uh, but he came back in the second half with uh, much more focus. He scored a try and he started getting a bit of go-forward ball. We, because we know how that finished. Mm. Uh, but I think it's a good sign because he's been out of the game for so long this year. And um, it's really... Uh, I've got a lot more confidence in him going forward. And I think he's going to be our starting fly half at 2019. So I think it's good. And then the only other positive I can take out of this end of year tour is something that you touched on, Adam, which mm. is uh, the players who were not in the squad but have somehow ended this year with better reputations than they went into the end of year tour with. And specifically, a lot of guys playing in the Pro 14 for the Cheaters and the Kings mm. and guys overseas playing for other teams because I feel like every time I go online I log on to SA Rugby Magazine or one of those uh, websites there's a headline or an article about oh so and so dominating overseas you know Lambie kicks his team to victory or mm. you know Surfer 10 gets a try overseas or Francois Stein gets a try and Ron Janssen from Rendsburg I saw scored an amazing try or a good try for Sail Sharks and um yeah. I'm just hoping, um, I'm feeling positive, I'm feeling optimistic about our resources and the bigger picture of things and the fact that actually we have time to fix it and we have the resources to fix it and with a change in the head coach position and with Rusty coming in, uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm feeling weirdly optimistic to be honest. I think you said it up. Maybe things we do have as South Africans a habit of getting extremely negative for whatever reason. Things mm-hmm. are not never as bad as you think they are. Um, unless you, mm. unless uh, they really are, we're just deluded. But that's a fair point. There are a lot of the, yeah. there are a lot of guys that come back. It is salvageable. We all know the difference. That good coaching. I love Dion Davids with the Kings. Sorry to bring that up, Matt. I know it's a tough one, but that's good coaching. He's turned he turned around a team of nobodies or of replacements essentially and turned them into a unit, and they were fine fine side. So things are not as bad uh, as I guess we think they are. Yeah. Now, just quickly turning uh, my eye to the sevens, I unfortunately w- weren't able to catch a lot of it, and I know Adam and talk about a lot about sevens. I just don't watch it because you know why? They're so damn good. I just assume, oh, the, oh, the sevens won again. You know, I, and, I, and in fairness to them, I really should watch some more sevens. But again, the Springbok sevens, when people talk about, oh, transformation doesn't work and all that nonsense, the sevens are proof that if you've got systems in place, it doesn't matter. Again, they won in Dubai. They're coming into Cape Town. They pooled with Kenya, France, and Russia uh, for the Cape Town Sevens. I've never been. I think you have, Alex. You said it's an absolute jaw. Uh, oh, it was amazing. Yeah, and no, I went last year and the year before. It's a fantastic event. Um, I didn't get tickets this year, uh, which was an oversight, and I'm, I'm a bit upset about oh, it. But I'm um, still going to be following. Tickets. Uh, uh, they, were, they were sold out in, in, the, in like two hours, I think, something like yeah. that. Yeah, they disappeared. Cuck for us. Yeah, I just wasn't on the ball, so it was my own fault. But uh, it, it's a fantastic event, dude. Like, honestly, you just make an effort at some stage. It's it's really... I never made, I never managed to get to George or to Nelson Mandela Bay for the Sevens when they were hosting. 
Um, but I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't imagine they were better than, than Cape Town. It's just such a spectacular location and event and everything. And last year, the the death, uh, death finish against England, and we just couldn't quite take it against them. So even though we won in Dubai, we actually do have uh, a little bit of, of a point to prove this weekend. Mm. Yeah. I know only one once once at home. Uh, in Cape Town, Matt, did you catch uh, much of the sevens? I know uh, Sibelis and Outland, Quacker Smith, they turned out again uh, for the Blitzbocker and they're, they're enjoying it, but they're going to focus on the 15-man game. Did you see much of uh, what happened in Dubai? No, same as you. I didn't really pay much attention to it. I, in the past, I have, but I don't know. This weekend, I just didn't really... I don't feel like it, I guess, is the word <laughs> I would use, but it's probably not the right word to use. Yeah, well... well no, yeah, it was great. It was really great. I, I turned it on um, mm-hmm. when the when the final started, and I put the the box, the 15 man rugby on my phone. Uh, so I was watching both, but I had the volume on for sevens on, on my big screen. See, that's um, the way to do it. Little screen it totally... for little screen for the spring box, big screen yeah. for Blitzbox. <laughs> Blitzbox, yeah. yeah, no, it was totally worth it. Oh man, they they just so clinical. Look, we had a lucky red card against the New Zealanders um, that gave us a good advantage, but they just they are so clinical. You know they. Every single thing they do is they've got focus, they've got buy-in from every single player across the park, and every single one of them is permanently focused on the objective Mm. and contributing what they can to achieve it. And it is in such stark contrast to the 15-man side um, where you have a guy and the biggest biggest, um, uh, guy who's guilty of this this year for the Springboks is is Jesse Krill, who... He, he's spectating half the time. We saw it with, the, I think it was the second or the first Hadley Parks try when they kicked over the top. And he literally is at a front row, a front row, yeah, the first try when he just had a front row seat to one of the biggest, the softest tries you'll see all year. Um, and he just wasn't awake. He wasn't clued in. He wasn't paying attention. And uh, he just needs an attitude check, that boy. Uh, yeah, well, yeah and, and also a position switch. I think that that'd be yeah. that'd do everybody a yeah. favor out in the wing or at fullback wing probably. So then he can't wing. then he can't do then he can't run run like a bishop as you said, Matt, into into the yeah. sideline. But uh, congrats, <laughs> congrats again to to the Blitzbocker at least giving South Africa something to smile about. And also just a reminder of centrally contracting the players and having full control. Also another example of just the success of a centralized system New Zealand been getting but it right. You see, the problem is you say centrally contracted, but then we've also got to bring up the sort of rotten egg of centrally contracting. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's how yeah. Damon Allen yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> you read my mind. Be careful. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. They just oh, the Blitzbocker are getting it right. <laughs> Why? That means we can, de- no, we no, can no, definitely look, do yeah. it for the 15 minutes. No, Blitzbocker are great. I did catch the their game against Fiji. And to go back yes. to what Alex yeah. said, to watch that, that was just a clinic of, after they scored they, they scored a couple of tries, and then they just defended for the rest of the game. And to see seven guys defend an entire rugby field is something special. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. uh, uh, it's, it's actually beautiful to watch. Uh, I get tired talking, walking upstairs at the same time, so I don't know how these <laughs> like, I don't know how these like, <laughs> just do it. But putting a smile on everyone's faces, and, and all of those going to Cape Town, it should be a fantastic affair. And as you said, Alex, an absolute jewel. And good luck to the team. Hopefully they can win their second Cape Town 7s. I know they've only done it uh, once. Now, just uh, looking across the rugby world, mainly focusing on Southern Hemisphere, I see Robbie Fruin, the, the big-ass center who used to play for Crusaders. He's retiring yeah. from, right from rugby. His heart Man. condition finally got the better of him. Should, you know, like, I, I can't even believe he made it this long. Yeah. Um, I remember when he came out of the junior team for the All Blacks and he was just a force of nature. He was, he was such an incredible gem. And everyone thought, you know, he was going to be a hundred cap 
All Black, mm. and I think it was in his first year being contracted. Um, I think it was for the. I think he was originally contracted for, for the Blues, but it might have been for the Satyrs. Yeah. And um, and then he already he, even then he had to have operations for his heart issue, and he came back and he was pretty dominant. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the his handle from Piri Wipu. Mm. Um, that's one of my favorite. Uh, <laughs> it's up there. It's up there with the Dean Mum on Marcel Kutsia for for just sheer embarrassing handoffs. Yeah. Um, but you know he's just a, f- a phenomenal player, and then consistently laid low with this issue. And I mean, shit, I'm just amazed he 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 got the career he had out of it. Um, yeah, no, it's yeah, he's, he's going to be missed. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I see the Sunday Times said it is understood free, and I'm just reading from stuff that's here at New Zealand. Uh, understood friend received specialist advice that the impact in a second replacement half valve was such that it required him to stop playing second replacement half valve I think uh, that that says it all so uh, I knew running at it running at especially South African defenses he'd always get over the advantage line very good player and yeah. I guess best of luck to him just uh, just sad that uh, players can't really reach their oh. full potential due to health issues um, I'm just also having a look at it with Dan Coles he's going to be missing the first big chunk of Super Rugby next year Bowden Barrett Will I be World Rugby Player of the Year for second year in a row? He might be captaining uh, the Hurricanes next year. And something that also is very interesting, Brad Thorne, who I, I, I always thought that the ultimate boxing rugby match would be Brad Thorne versus mm. Douglas Boerto. Coaching the Reds, he's asked Quake Cooper. He's pretty much told Quake Cooper he is not part of his plans for Super Rugby yeah, next year. I, I think that. that's ball. Yeah. Only Brad Thorne could do say they, that. <laughs> do, they, do they have a fly-off now? Um, cause I had a look the other day, that. I had to look the other day. Yeah. All they've got is that uh, academy kid, uh, uh, Hegarty or whatever. No, what's well, it? Well, Hegarty. Yeah, Bryce. I mean, they had yeah. No, yeah, they Bryce had Duncan, is... Duncan Payer. They had Jake McIntyre, yeah. and they had. Um, did they have Bryce yeah. Hegarty? Was he? Is he for them? Yeah, Bryce Hegarty's uh, the academy guy, and okay. McIntyre's off to France already. Oh, so he's they're gone gonna already. Have, yeah, they're gonna have to buy a new. Fl- either they're gonna have to buy a new flower for. Well, Carmichael can maybe um, play. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, is he, is he still there? I mean, yeah. he's he's, he's, he's resigned. Most of the time back. He's resigned. He was yeah. originally. Yeah. So he might. They might be coaching, or they might be sort of corralling him into ten from fifteen to ten. Not yeah. the biggest jump, but yeah. All right. Well, fantasy fantasy tip for everyone listening: don't don't draft any Reds players. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, don't worry. Next next year we're gonna be we'll have a weekly fantasy segment. Don't you worry. Also, depending if we do draft oh, yeah. or, the, or the Sky yeah. Sports. Fantasy game, yeah. uh, we shall see. Mm. But I'm just trying to see who the other options are. Um, they've got Hamish Stewart. He's supposedly the young guy they might be looking at. He's 19 years old. Uh. Um, but it should be interesting. I just think it's it, that's rather interesting. Also, Tim Nanai Williams. Uh, I've always been a big fan of him at the Chiefs. He's accepted a three-year contract at Clermont, so the Chiefs are going to be uh, losing out. But good, good on him. I mean, he plays national rugby for Samoa, so he deserves every penny he gets. Yeah. <laughs> then Nazim Carr, bring it back home. He's looking for a longer stay at Wasps, where his good friend a, Jean apparently, is there. Apparently, he had a monster game this weekend. Yeah, it seems Gideon yeah. South Africa Oaks play better. Oh, well. Uh, unless they're in the Springbok team on the yeah. end of year tour, in which case they play like shit. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. Look, he was he's, he's he remains one of the most impressive uh, like schoolboy players that I ever watched. Hmm. Um, he was at Bishops, and he was great. I watched him at UCT and for Western Province in the Curry Cup, and I really, really thought he was going to be a big-time Springbok. Um, a little bit disappointed in the way his career has turned out, but uh, he's still got all that skill, so I think it's just great for him. You know, if he's not being picked for the Springboks, we lose nothing, and he gets to contribute meaningfully to the sport somewhere else, so I'm, I'm just really happy for him. 
Sure. Away. I don't know. Is anything else um, that uh, comes <laughs> to mind? Did you like to just uh, maybe mention, even if it's not so serious? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we've covered enough. Um, and shouted yeah. and, and raved. Yeah. Yeah, ranted and yeah, well, out of us. <laughs> All right. I, I saw the red light on my mic come up once or twice for the first time, which says I'm I'm going too loud. Oh really? Yeah, well, I think after the Quinny comments, yeah, I'm sorry. That, that, that might have been me. So that was on my mic. It wasn't even on your I'm, side. I'm sorry. I'm feeling very. I feel very, very protective uh, over Quinny. As I said, if you'd heard me say that last year, I would have told I'm, you. To... I'm surprised anyone could be so, so, so protective. I, 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 don't, I just love him though. I just I don't love even him. I think his mom protects him so much. He's lacquer. He's as mobile as a flank, but it's hard as nails as a prop. <laughs> um, all right, that's going to wrap that's, it up. That's a new trait. I'm going to be honest. That being mobile as a flank is a new trait. No, no you've always been mobile. Breaking tackle, trying gap. So that's what he always done. Anyway, that that's gonna wrap it up for episode. You've been six. watching the same Kuni. A really bad. T- I have. <laughs> I have. That's gonna wrap it up. I think you guys need to on your own. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll be back next week, and I think next week we're Alex, gonna do. Alex, you can sign off. We're, we're gonna, gonna go do, on for another hour. We're gonna do a full on highlights package uh, of the year, and we'll just talk about lowlights and highlights from, broadly speaking, Super Rugby. I think we can do the June series out. Rugby champs uh, interview. Anything else that catches? Uh, our eyes um, but I'm, I'm always excited to talk about Super Rugby so gentlemen thank you thanks Matt uh, for joining no worries and uh, Alex as always appreciate your insights and I know that we're going to be trying to rope in uh, another special guest uh, Alex you're not a special guest anymore I think you're very much part of the furniture now uh, so we, you're we now just guest yeah you're just guest so you're just you're just <laughs> part of the furniture I know we are approaching December so we're going to try to put some content together uh, to get us through the barren summer months, uh, as everybody no, knows. Don't, that don't let them don't let them know that we're putting we're going to put a couple in the can. This is all live every week. The, the, it's it's it is live in a way, but no, uh, December's time. Don't, don't, don't let them know how the sausage is made. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, we're going to try to come up with some interesting stuff <laughs> going forward. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it. Cheers. Catch you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.